the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. New York State Assemblymember Michael Blake. He was born in the Bronx uh, to Jamaican immigrants. He is the second term, uh, in his second term, representing the 79th District there. He's a vice chair at the DNC. Sir, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Chris, great to, to be with you. All right, so let's, first off, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you get political right off the bat because I think this is, this is something that, that we in the conservative movement and Democrats by and large can all agree on, this absolute cluster that the Republicans have, have engaged in in their attempt to repeal Obamacare after this latest colossal failure of the GOP. What is your reaction, sir? We've been very clear, the Democratic Party, that there is uh, no reason at all uh, we should be taking away someone's health care. You know, the proposals that have come forth from Mitch McConnell, from Donald Trump, from Paul Ryan, uh, from Mike Pence have been rooted specifically on repealing health care. Uh, 22 million people at a minimum losing health care. Higher estimates said it'll be up to 32 million if you have just a full-on repeal. So what we have regularly said is bring Democrats to the table. Let's have a real conversation on how to improve health care. Let's find ways to bring down the cost. But it is, it is absolutely unacceptable that someone would be trying to take away your health care. And, and let's be clear to everyone. What has happened recently is not the end. You still have Mitch McConnell and Senate Republicans who are now saying, let's not have a conversation about repeal and replace. They now want to have a vote just to repeal and possibly replace later. It's unacceptable. We cannot allow it. Uh, too many people will lose their health care. We can't allow that to occur. Right. Uh, okay. So now, now let's you and I drill down and... Uh... Into, into some of the ways maybe to working toward a solution and what we can ag agree on or disagree on. You mentioned uh, taking people's insurance away, and you made reference to the 22 million people that, that were cited by the CBO. Uh, Zeke Emanuel, one of the architects of Obamacare, got on Fox News Sunday uh, this last weekend and said that over 15 million of those folks were added to Medicaid by the Obamacare legislation. These are able-bodied people anywhere from 200 to 400 percent of poverty level does the democrat party think it's it's okay to add able-bodied individuals to a program that was set up to handle the needy uh and the poor and the vulnerable why and isn't that changing the deal uh after the fact and, and why do the democrats think that's appropriate it's not so let's be very clear medicaid in particular is for low-income communities so well, let's make sure we're not con conflating the, the, the different phrases. Someone can be physically able, uh, however, be struggling economically. And so the challenge that has happened in many of the states, the reason why costs have gone up is because Republican governors pushed back and rejected Medicaid expansion in several of their states. So when you look at the challenge right now, which there has been no clear response whatsoever from the Republican leadership on, is why would you have cuts? and removal to Medicaid, which would then put more pressure on the states who already rejected it previously, which, Chris, you and I can at least, I think, acknowledge, if you have less competition in the states, what will then happen? Costs will go up even further. Costs are going up in the states because the states, when Republican governors in the states, did not have expansion of Medicaid. So let's, again, let's convey. Well, hold if on. Well, I, I just want you to address but, the, the fact there, there are those out there who are saying, Michael, that 
that these individuals who have been thrown onto Medicaid, they were not the individuals that Medicaid was created to support. These are these are people 200 to 400 percent of the of the poverty line, and they are not. They don't fit the definition that that Medicaid was passed under. They were added on there as a political convenience, and they don't belong on there. What do you say to that? I can completely reject the, the political convenience argument of someone being added on. Uh, just for some willy-nilly opportunity. The reality is people are being added into states for a variance of reasons. Maybe you are added onto a plan because you fell into uh, a challenge economically over a period of time, which allowed you to qualify at that time. Maybe you were added onto a plan because there were no other alternatives in that state. Maybe you were added onto the plan because of your spouse. Maybe you were added onto that plan because of your age being below 26. Maybe you were added onto the plan because of pre-existing conditions. There are a range of different reasons why someone could have been added. And so we can't just unilaterally say, well, you know, you've had some progress two years ago, a year ago, today, two years from now, and therefore it, it, it disqualifies why you should have been accepted into Medicaid. What brings us to the today is a clear challenge. The clear focus proposal from the Republicans has been let's have cuts to Medicaid, which fundamentally well, this is not just about. But this it's is not a cut. It's not a cut when you don't. It's not a cut when the when the cost is, still goes up to the taxpayer. It's no, not no, a cut. again, again, no, no, it is because the reality is the 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 first of all, let's game this out. The tax cuts that are being proposed in the, in the bill are for the wealthiest communities. Over $250,000, over $500,000. You tie that with simultaneously a, a challenge where you will then not have Medicaid expansion happening in the state. Well, no, so I you understand have, that, but I, I, gotta, I don't get too far in the weeds, but uh, into but, this. But, 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 but again, but those who are on the upper income level are also the ones paying. Also, the ones on the upper income level, Michael, are the ones paying the freight. Let me, let me, let me reintroduce you. New York State Assembly you, member you Michael that. Blake, folks, is our, he is our guest right now. He's a vice chair at the DNC. Last thing I want to get to before I get to your, your voter initiative, because I wanted to make sure to get that in there. Uh, th th this bipartisan effort, it, it, let's just say for argument's sake that the Republicans get their act together. I know it's a big if. Let's say they get their act together and their appeal happens. Will the Democrats assist in coming up with, a, with what many people believe Obama should have done to begin with, was to get a bipartisan consensus bill done rather than having it passed through with Democrat votes only? If Donald Trump says, hey, let's get together and put together a consensus bill, will Democrats say yes? If, if there is a bill that takes off the table the, the, the repeal and is actually focused on reducing costs. No, 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 no. I, I said if it, if it gets repealed, if, if, if Obamacare is repealed and then we've got to move forward, will Democrats come to the table and help? It is a non it's a non-starter. You can't say Let's repeal, let's repeal health care, and then let's just figure out a, a new system to put in. It took decades to finally get a bill done. Let's go back to your original point that you raised, Chris. The reason why we had to go through reconciliation is because Mitch McConnell and the Republican leadership were not agreeing on any votes that were coming before us when President Obama was in office. Well, you so know, again, I don't, I don't want to relitigate all that because I've got to get to another thing that, that your folks wanted absolutely. me to talk about, which is this press conference is going to be held at the, the DNC Commission, to what you guys call the DNC Commission to Protect American Democracy from the Trump Administration. Uh, explain that to us, if you will. So this, this is a, a clear uh, uh, pushback 
on what is being proposed from the, the Trump administration um, as it relates to, to voting. They, they consistently have been saying that there's this voter fraud effort that is happening in the country, which is just empirically not accurate at all. Uh, and then the request as it relates to requesting personal data, which was soundly rejected by Republican and Democratic uh, Secretary of State across the country, uh, because for a whole host of reasons, you don't, people don't want to share their individual data. So we launched the Commission on Protecting American Democracy from the Trump administration to combat what's happening here, this misinformation campaign and this voter suppression effort, very clearly. All right, all right. Now, now, the conversation now, first off, in that way. I, I, yeah, the, the information that was requested by the Trump administration was public data, number one. Number two, it, I got to ask... Actually, again, that's, Chris, again, that's just not accurate. One of the things that was requested was Social Security numbers, the ending of Social Security numbers. That's not the last data. four digits so the Social Security but, number, but, yes. But, but, which but again, is, let's, let's be clear, that's not public data. I mean, we, we, there, why would you want Social Security data of any sort? Well, I can tell you why, because the, those who are ineligible to vote don't have Social Security numbers. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about on this, when you say that this doesn't exist, was, was ACORN a figment of the American people's imagination, what they had done, the, had, had done the systematic voter fraud, that, and, and it caused them to disband? Was that a, was that a figment of everybody's imagination? The, the, the figment of imagination, which has been debunked repeated times, through the Brennan Center, through the Washington Post articles, through the study that came out uh, two years ago, which said in a 14-year span that voter fraud happened less than 0.00002% of the time, do are there incredibly limited instances that happen where it could be, whether it be re registration challenges, uh, whether it be uh, old, all old roles? Yes, in incredibly limited instances. However, right. what was stated by Donald Trump last year was that there were millions of non-citizens voting, which was completely debunked. All right, well, then we'll, we'll see where the commission goes. Hey, my, Michael, I'm up against the clock. I know what you, uh, you know that, what that's like. A New York State Assemblyman, uh, Michael Blake, everybody from the DNC, he's a vice chair there. Hey, I appreciate the conversation, sir. Thanks for being here on the South State Show. Absolutely. Talk to you soon.